Welcome to Cultivating Second Chair Leaders, conversations about living out servant leadership in the second chair. My name is Emily Phoenix, and I'm a second chair leader. I serve as the new programming coordinator for the Karpenko Institute for Nurturing and Developing Leadership Excellence, also known as Kendall. This is an organization that resources and supports second chair leaders to enhance the ministry of congregations in their communities and the world. I've been a second chair leader my whole career. I've learned to love the role and understand that God has called me to it, even when I've experienced challenges. We can move forward with purpose when we understand our roles on a team and as part of a family, community, company, or organization. I want that for my own calling, and I hope to help you in yours with the guests we bring into conversation in each episode. This season, we will take a closer look at the importance of addressing specific second chair leadership challenges through the lens of our emotional, physical, intellectual, financial, and social health. We will discuss Christ-like practices, including personal calling, pursuit of wellness, growing in wisdom, optimizing finances, and staying connected with others. On this episode of Cultivating Second Chair Leaders, We discuss how taking care of our physical health has an impact on our leadership abilities and how positive outcomes can influence a balanced lifestyle as a Christ-like servant leader in the second chair. Our guest today is Jean Kemp. Jean was born and raised in Minnesota and a graduate from Concordia University, St. Paul. Jean is married to Nathan and serves as a director of Christian education with a focus on children and youth in Riverside, California, not far from LA. She has also served in Taiwan. And one fun fact about Jean is she has been in the audience for a live taping of The Big Bang Theory, The Price is Right, and Dr. Phil. Welcome, Jean. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, thank you. It's great to be here. (laughs) So awesome. So we're going to dive right in. We want to recognize that Christ-like servant leaders in the second chair serve in all types of settings. Now, I mentioned in the bio um, that you're a director of Christian education with focus of children and youth. Just would love for you to share a little bit about what that role looks like um, where you serve. Sure. So it's really um, in a team ministry setting, which is wonderful. We have a, a senior pastor, pastor of discipleship. And then we also have a school. So I work with a lot of teachers um, and as well as their parents, a lot of uh, volunteers. Um, We have a preschool. So same thing, preschool teachers. I interact with them and the the kids and their families. Um, So there's really just a lot of different layers and levels and avenues. And um, we have what we call our senior staff that we meet with uh, once a week. And that's the the pastors, the principal, myself, and the preschool director, just because we are kind of a large and spread out campus. We just want to come together weekly to, you know, just share what's been happening personally and in ministry and with our families and um, events that are coming up either with the church and school. And we just do a lot of sharing that way. Uh, And then we also talk about who we're working with as far as what volunteers are involved and making sure that nobody is being overly used or burning out, just kind of checking in with each other and keeping an eye out for everybody that we work with. Awesome. Yep. I hear, yeah, I hear in what you're saying, you know, the relationship piece, the communication piece, the sort of uh, management piece, which are all uh, important leadership skills um, for 
a team, but also for mm. a second chair leader. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So let's uh, dive a little bit into scripture because we want to um, ho- we want to focus in on Christ-like servant leadership, um, not just second chair leadership. Um, and so the passage that we're going to talk a little bit more about is uh, John chapter 13. And we'll make sure it's in the show notes. But uh, for everyone, it's the passage where uh, Jesus washes his disciples' feet at the Last Supper. And so as you think about this passage and your relationship with Jesus, uh, what aspect of Jesus as servant leader do you most resonate with? So this one especially hits me because my love language is acts of service. Um, and it was really helpful to read the five love languages by Gary Chapman. For me, if someone can do something for me rather than just like maybe say something or buy something, some of the other love languages, um, it's it's important that I'm kind of shown it with acts of service. Uh, and that's what speaks to my heart. And so I read this and I feel like that's what Jesus is doing. He's doing this act of service for his disciples. And I can kind of picture myself at the table and here he is, who's been the teacher, the leader, the mentor, and he's humbling himself and getting on his knees and, and doing this thing that more of what a slave would do. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it just touches me so deeply that he would put himself aside and do that for them. And then it reminds me too, that that's, that's the model for, for my own ministry too, is to kind of, you know, even though I'm the church professional to kind of set that aside sometimes and, you know, be humble and, and serve others in, in ways that they need to be served. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, I love, I love hearing about, uh, your love language and, um, you're right about Jesus putting, setting aside who he was as, as our savior and our king to do this simple thing, right? It was, I mean, it wasn't, there was nothing like extra special about washing someone's feet. And if you think about the, if you think about those times, you know, they're wearing sandals and they're walking in dirt. (laughs) Exactly. It's, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a pretty job. And just, yeah. Like you said, set aside who you are, right? As the church professional um yeah. and and just serve people. So yes. Yeah. All right. So leadership is multifaceted and includes the obvious skills that, you know, we talked about earlier, relationships, communication, um, management, that that sort of thing. Um, but this season, we're taking a closer look at how we can enhance our leadership abilities by taking care of our well-being. Um, and so uh, according to the authors of Leading from the Second Chair, the second chair requires a special leadership lens that brings clarity allowing you to focus on how you manage your relationships, your work habits, and your emotions. So how do you perceive this leadership lens in your own life and setting? And what are some of the joys and challenges? In my own setting, I am so fortunate that I work with a first chair that really understands this and sees the need for a healthy balance in that relationships work and rest. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I feel like everybody on our staff is really encouraged to take your days off, to use your vacation, to really balance your life. And there's never the expectation that you have to be at every event. I mean, we're a busy congregation, like I said, with the school and preschool, there's just a lot going on, but 
we are never felt like, you know, just because something's happening at church, you need to be there. We have the freedom to, of course, be at the things that we're, that we need to be at, but it's okay to miss uh, some of the other things. And we're never made to feel bad about that. And, and it's encouraged to spend time with your family, you know, mm, and yeah. it's so important that a, and having a first chair that understands that and models that really kind of gives you the freedom to, to do that. And of course it's easy to take advantage of. And so we never want to, you know, be gone so much that right. it's a, <laughs> becomes a noticeable and negative thing, but the, the balance is hard, but another, you know, we, kind of check in with each other, like I said, at our weekly staff meeting and kind of watch out for that for each other too. Like, you know, okay, you've been here, you know, three nights this week. What's your plan for the next, you know, how are you going to balance that? It's really amazing because the more, the better your balance is, the better your ministry is. I mean, there's just so much health involved and you think you're doing the right thing by spending all of your time and all of your focus and all of your energy in an area. But if everything else is suffering, that's not a, that's not a healthy way to live. So. Right. Right. It's tough, but yeah, you got to really keep it in focus. Yeah. And I heard you say this and we're going to talk a little bit about more in detail about it, but that accountability piece is so huge in striking that balance um, is having those relationships intact and healthy to be able to keep each other accountable to to caring for yourself and, and being a better leader. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So today we're gonna going to discuss the practice of pursue wellness, um, which for physical health means to pursue a balanced lifestyle. Uh, so Jean, why is maintenance of physical health an important leadership skill? So I think it's so important because you know, as a leader, people are watching us, right? And we want to we want to model healthy living skills, and we have to think of ourselves as a whole being. You know, I think we sometimes want to separate out our spiritual life mm. from our our mental life or from our physical health. But you know, we're <laughs> we're one person, and if one area is suffering, it's going to affect the other areas of our life, and just as we need to set aside time to be in the word and take care of our spiritual life, we need to be doing the same thing with our physical health. And I think that one's so easily, it's so easy to neglect, Mm -hmm. um, but it's a domino effect. You know, as soon as your physical health suffers, a lot of times your spiritual life does or your ministry does. Right. I mean, if you're, if you're sick all the time, you can't, you can't do ministry. (laughs) Yeah, you can't do ministry if you're home in bed or not feeling good or anything like that. So it's just, it's so connected. And if we want to really serve at our best, all those things have to be healthy, as healthy as we can be. Right, right. Yeah. So second chair leaders, uh, as second chair leaders, we're expected to, you know, sort of manage ourselves. The first chair has these other responsibilities and they're still part of the team and they're still communicating with you. But there are certain things that you have to you know, take care of yourself, not just professionally, but also personally. So how does the pursuit of wellness help in in this journey? For me, it kind of gives me permission to focus on my health as well as my ministry. Um, I'm, I mean, I've struggled with my, my weight probably since high school. You know, I have this, I have a massive sweet tooth. I'm, 
I honestly, I'm never full. So (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of a challenge, right? And and yeah, I was always in sports in high school and always very active. And then, you know, after I graduated and years later, I kept, I kept eating as if I were Mm. just as active, but I was not as active. And when you're in youth ministry, the kids want you to be involved and I want to be involved. I've never been a sit on the sidelines and watch others participate. So I want to, you know, be in there playing, playing the dodgeball and, you know, running on the playground and, and doing whatever the kids were doing. And that's harder to do if you're out of breath and don't have the strength and don't have the stamina. And I really noticed that happening in my life. And I, I really kind of had to take a step back and, and really say, okay, all I'm drinking is Diet Coke. That's not mm-hmm. good for them to see. And I'm, you know, overweight and out of breath and I'm not being a good, a good model for anybody. And I'm not doing as well in my mm-hmm. ministry as I could. So I needed to kind of shift and make sure that I was pursuing wellness as part of my complete yeah, journey as a for person. Sure, for sure. Um, so Kindle provides tools that help us in growing in these practices like pursuit wellness. Um, and one of those tools is called a growth plan, which allows you to set a goal, write down steps for that goal, and then invite the opportunity for accountability. So how has a growth plan been helpful in your uh, pursuit of pursuit wellness? So this one was really fun for me. Um, I wrote out the growth plan. Um, and this happened in 2021. So it was last year. And I set a goal to pursue wellness by completing a 5k every month for that year. And I, I had been working out and, and I had done a program that kind of helped you running. So like, you know, you'd go on real short runs and then build up. And by the end of 30 days, you were able to do a 5k. And I did that at the end of 2019 in, I think in the fall. And so I knew like, oh, okay, I, I, I did that and I survived it. So what else could I do? Right. So, so in my growth plan, which, um, I was working with a team of people on it. And so I said, all right, I'm going to do a 5k every month for a year and they were going to help me keep accountable. And I was going to have to, you know, post it on social media. And I made sure that I, uh, well, they were all virtual. So, But it also, it took the pressure. I mean, I'm not a runner, so I knew I was not going to have the fastest pace uh, by any means. So I just went out and I I did it on my own. I had some good music playing and I just, Mm -hmm. finishing was my goal. Not, (laughs) not even to improve my time or beat my time. I just wanted to finish and, and I knew that it would, that it would keep my mind on my health because you can't you know, you can't just wake up and, well, I can't just wake up and run a 5k. (laughs) I have to have, I can't either. (laughs) I know that I'm sure there are some people that could, but that's not me. So I knew I had to train on other days of the month and, and, you know, and it really, Mm -hmm. it really kept me in better shape, um, for the whole year. And so, you know, thankfully that growth plan was in place and part of it was just to prove, to myself that I could do it and I accomplished it. And mm-hmm. a lot of the months I did two of them. Once, <laughs> once you're, once you're a part of the websites that sell you the metal and the t-shirt, oh my oh, gosh, yeah. there's so yeah. many to pick from and there's so much fun. I have a wall of metals <laughs> <laughs> 
and t-shirts and oh, it's awesome. just, it was, it, and, it, and it became really fun. Um, and there was even one that I, I did do with a group of friends and we all celebrated after. So it just became a really special thing. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I am a quote unquote <laughs> runner. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't run in, in quite some time because COVID threw me off, but to hear you talk about the excitement of doing it, the accountability involved. I mean, we all can benefit from writing down our goals and then pursuing them, but not just by ourselves, right? The the running you had to do by yourself, but you were encouraged and you um, had support, you know, yeah. from a group of people, you know, from your family, from your friends, from your, it sounds like from your pastor and from the people that you yeah. worked with. And so when that, when the encouragement is coming from all of those places, you know, it really does, I'm sure help um, your well-being. I mean, I, I have experienced that myself, but um, you know, whether it's running or eating healthy or uh, you know, other pursue wellness sleep, right? There's, there's all kinds of ways to pursue right. wellness that impact our physical health. Something you said earlier um, caught my attention too, is when we become adults, like we have to continue to educate ourselves. We have to continue to grow in different ways, but we have to do it ourselves. We don't necessarily have a school that walks us through everything um, or parents that you know, kind of guide what we do. And so just the value of desiring to grow in these different ways, like, like physical health, um, it's, you know, it requires a little bit of self-motivation. Um, and, that, and that can be done when you kind of write it out and and gather the support and prayers to do yeah, it. Yeah, most definitely, definitely. And and it didn't hurt either that um, my doctor was <laughs> motivating me because the older sure. you get, man, health issues just kind of start coming up. And the more physically uh, fit you are, sometimes the you know the easier doctor visits mm-hmm. go. So that was another right. motivation. <laughs> Right. So you mentioned, uh, you know, trying to keep up with the youth. How how has this impacted how you serve others now that you are sort of on this journey um, and you've run these five K's and you're continuing to keep up with uh, your physical health? How has that impacted how you serve? So I definitely I definitely feel like I have more endurance. I've you know, more strength. I I feel like I can participate a lot more in a lot of the activities, even just going out to recess with the the kids here at the school. It's, you know, it's just fun to play, run around on the field with them or something like that. And I don't feel like I'm going to pass out, you know, on a bigger sense, it shows commitment and strength. And so I think those are things that our young people need to see that we can focus on ourselves, but then it helps in a bigger way too. It's been fun to be able to share my experience, you know, and I I think that has, has motivated others to kind of think about, you know, what they're doing with their health. I, like I said, I put it on social media. I've talked about Mm -hmm. it in children's messages. Um, I wear some of the shirts, you know, and sometimes it starts a conversation, right? I don't usually walk around with a medal (laughs) hanging off me, but... But that might be kind of fun, too. I mean, mean, if it's like the day after or something, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's not unheard of. But but I do have them proudly hanging. That's uh, good. In a room in my house. 
Yeah. So anybody that comes over, um, but then others really have said, you know, that it's maybe it's not a goal that they have to do a 5k, but it makes them think about, well, what, what other goal could I be focusing on? Or, you know, what, what could I be doing for my physical health? Right. But it's helped them. It's helped them do that. And now the, the problem that I've had since then is to not, uh, not write a new growth plan once the year ended, right? So I got to December and I had accomplished it and I was just feeling so great and so happy and so pleased. And then I sort of, I mean, I haven't been on a run since then. So (laughs) (laughs) so I think what I've learned now is, you know, once a growth plan ends, once you reach a goal, set another one, right? Because you will, especially with it's your, you know, your health, your revert, you'll revert right back to where you were before you started that goal. So now for me, it's kind of going back and say, okay, what, <laughs> what is my next, my next right. goal going to be? So I don't lose all the momentum that, that I had gained. That's so true. Uh, as somebody <laughs> who has run uh, several races, right? I have all the, you set the training schedule and you do all of the things you run the race and then I'm just going to take a couple of weeks off, but yeah. then I don't set that goal. Right. And so then, yeah, you revert back. And then, so right. it's a, it's a constant um, learning and kind of training of our, of our minds to, yeah. you know, okay, what's next, what's next. This yeah. made me feel good. How can I continue? Yeah. Um, yeah. In, in and, that pursuit. And there's so many parallels again to like our spiritual life, you know, like you don't, set a goal to read the scripture and then never pick up the Bible again. It's just right. kind of a, a constant thing. Um, something that we always want to yeah. focus and it just on. Goes, yeah. It goes back to that uh, taking care of our whole selves, right? Yep. You know, yep. when we, when yep. we, you know, whether it's exercise or eat healthy, um, when we take a class to grow in wisdom, when we, you know, stay connected to people relationally, there's just, you know, all of those things, um, when we read scripture, whether personally or in community, these are all things that are going to help us, you know, uh, just remind us that we're baptized and beloved children of God first, um, mm-hmm. but but then be able to really um, help us uh, serve better as leaders. Yeah. 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 Yep. You know, most of our listeners are listening to hear stories, which are so powerful. Personal storytelling, I think, is one of the biggest um, encouragements. Uh, but what uh, you know, what are some other encouragements you would give to second chair leaders in their own pursuit of, um, you know, taking care of their physical health? Um, yeah. So for, for second chairs, I mean, I think it helps to, of, of course, we all want to have the support of the first chair and, but that's not, that's not a reality for some people. So it really does have to come from you and maybe a growth plan would help too. You know, something where you set out what your goal is, how you're going to accomplish it and who can help keep you accountable. I mean, that's really what a growth plan consists of because you know, your health, no one else is going to look after your health more than you are. So you have to be your own advocate. You have to be your own kind of best, you know, put your best interest at heart Um, of course, everyone has tons of advice for you, but you have to make it happen. I mean, I think if, um, if it's your day off and something comes up that interrupts it, you get to decide what you're going to do with that. And of course there's, there's always some things that, 
might have to interrupt it. But for your ministry health, you know, it's okay to say, thanks, and I'll get back to you on Monday, or, you know, really take care of your health, take care of your time, take care of your family, so that it is in balance um, before any of it, before any of it suffers. And you're the one in charge of it. So you get to make those decisions for you. Yes, that's true. Yes. We'll have a, a copy or a, a link to our growth plan that uh, we use at Kendall um, in the show notes so that uh, you can take a closer look at that resource that we that we provide. All right. So we're going to close our time together by uh, praying a scripture passage that reminds us that Jesus is our ultimate example of servant leadership. So, Jean, will you read that for us? I would love to. This is from Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Jane. You're welcome. Thank you. On the next episode of Cultivating Second Chair Leaders, we discuss the importance of keeping our mind sharp with opportunities for continuing education, not just in an academic setting, but growing in wisdom as it shapes us to be more Christ-like as servant leaders in the second chair. Our guest, Kyle Blake, also shares about his unique roles and experience as both a first and second chair leader. If you have a question or a story to share on this topic, we would love to hear from you. Contact us so we can share it in our season wrap-up. We thank you for listening to this episode. Check out the show notes for links to what was discussed. What's your next step as a Christ-like servant leader in the second chair? We would love to hear from you. Share with us by tagging or sending a message to at Kindle underscore social on Instagram or searching Kindle Servant Leaders on Facebook. You can also send an email to emily at kindleserventleaders.org and we may share your story in the future. If you liked what you heard today, share this episode on your social media platforms and leave us a review. As we support and share encouragement with you, We want to spread the word and share this podcast with all types of leaders. The music you heard in today's episode was performed by Brad Sturtz, who serves as music director at Peace Lutheran Church in Lombard, Illinois. We thank Brad for sharing this gift with us. This podcast is made possible by Kendall, an incarnational ministry that encourages, prepares, and supports a growing number of God's people as they live out their baptismal calling to be Christ-like servant leaders in their congregations, homes, workplaces, communities, and the world. To learn more about the organization and support our work, go to kindleserventleaders.org.